Welcome to the Mean Lady Talking Podcast, the tough-talking, advice-giving show by the not-really-mean, mean lady, Susan J. Elliott. Good day, everybody. This is Susan Elliott, host of the Mean Lady Talking Podcast, and welcome to episode 94. Before we get started, I want to let the meanies know that I'm busy replacing the sound equipment that I lost in the Great Flood that I didn't know about, and podcasts are a lot more consistent when I have a stable place to record them. And my last deposit from Patreon, I immediately paid the website bills, paid the distributor bills from Libsyn, who's the one that distributes the podcast. And a few of the other services you have to pay independently. They're not free, like SoundCloud. So I paid those bills and then I bought some new sound panels and I'm busy setting up my new recording space. It's not there yet, but it will be and I want to thank my meanies. And like I said, I have a special, little special gift coming to you guys and make sure that I have your home address if you're a meanie, if you're a Patreon supporter. I truly appreciate it. Before I get started, I want to talk about season three. I talked in the transitional podcast about some of my plans for season three, and I talked about the lightning round. And a few people sent me some questions for the lightning round, which they're terrific. Thank you so much. And you can make them as short or as long as you want. And if I feel like it's too long, if the answer would be too long for the lightning round, they won't be a lightning round question or I'll do one real quick and then like I did with the celebrities who cheat and plan out a longer segment on that which I'm still working on the celebrities who cheat the longer version for those who want to know where that is. People have asked me for various things and somebody asked me for my comments on the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial in London. It's really Johnny Depp against his son which called him a wife beater. But he and Amber Heard are was the main players. And the judge's ruling is due out this month. And I don't think that I would get my opinion of it out by the time the judge's opinion comes out. But regardless, I watched quite a lot of the trial. I watched quite a lot of the videos of them. And I do have opinions on it. Imagine that. So that's an interesting inquiry that somebody sent me. And I'll think about how I'm going to arrange that. And somebody asked me about the Chris Watts, Chris Coleman podcast. And that's in the works for season three. And there was just a phone call between Chris Watts and his family that was released about a month ago. And it's so disturbing. They're they're all so disturbing. And the whole God thing between the Coleman's and the Watts, like it's gotten absolutely ridiculous. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting the way both families use religion and God and the Bible. It's just totally disgusting. And I'm going to go off on them and I'm going to try to make the thing they do about God and religion and the Bible. I'm going to try to make that just a minor part of it, but it's just truly disgusting. Anyway, there's that. And oh, I wanted to say this is the second 94. I have recorded 94 
94 through 98. And 99 is going to be on sexual addiction and pornography addiction and people who have been partners of people that have sexual addiction and pornography addiction. We're talking a lot about pornography addiction and sex addiction in boot camp right now. The boot camp is off this week, which is why I'm doing this podcast and trying to get the rest of them edited to get them out so it can start season three. I'm going to have a new format. I'm going to have mini merchandise. I'm going to have a whole bunch of stuff. And hopefully I have my sound panels by then. And I assume that it will be probably the beginning of October that season three will start. But I've a, I recorded 94 to 98 and a few of those have a few subparts. And Reserve 99 because I wanted to come on and ask people if you've been in a relationship with a sex addict or a pornography addict and it has affected you, please write me and let me know what I can address on the podcast that can help you. And if I have to do it in several parts, I will. But I really want to end season two with that. It's a big topic in boot camp right now. And when I put this in the Facebook group, I got a ton of email, a ton of private messages and comments in the right on the Facebook group, which I wasn't sure that I was going to. But people did. I mean, they they put right in the Facebook group some of the things they went through with their former partners that had sexual addiction or pornography addiction. And quite a few people commented, but I received even more email and even more PMs on Facebook. So if you want me to address your situation, your question, you know, whatever it is, on podcast number 99, please send me emails, drop me a PM on Facebook, send me a message on Patreon, whatever it is. And if I have to break that episode into through into a few parts, I will, because I think it's a really important subject. And I know that in, in boot camp, it's receiving a lot of play and it's not, that's not always the case. It doesn't always come up in a boot camp. But it's, it's come up in this one big times. So I actually have done a lot of research and have worked with people over the years on sexual addiction, pornography addiction, both clients who've had it and people who have been partners of people who have it. And I'm always researching the latest research. So I'm absolutely on top of that. And so I really want to share a lot of that with everyone. That will be number 99. Now, I've already recorded 94 to 98, and this is not the 94 that I recorded. What happened was I was starting 94 with the Frauditor series that I talked about in the transitional podcast. The thing is that the first couple of podcasts about the Frauditors, I don't name the Frauditors. The, the second podcast, which is gonna, which was originally 94B and now it will probably be 95B or something. I don't know where I'm going to fit it in, but it's a B. I do clip out some of the Frauditors that I'm talking about, some of their disgusting, horrible language that they use. 
It's the very first one might seem a little confusing, a little dry, but I really hope, and I say this on the podcast itself, I really hope that my regular listeners tune into it because it's an important, important subject and it absolutely intersects with the idea of domestic violence and stalking and right to privacy and right to privacy in public. And the thing is that they these frauditors spew so much misinformation like you there's no expectation of privacy in a public space, which is not true. You can't be trespassed off a of public space, which is not true. Because there's there's a dance between First Amendment rights, right to privacy, stalking laws, harassment laws, and all of that has an interplay. And this is what they're missing. This is what they don't see. And they are bullying people with the First Amendment and trampling all over people's rights. And as a former domestic violence victim, and I've seen them like terrorizing people in public spaces with this erroneous information they have that they either know is not true or they're too stupid to know it's not true, that there's no expectation of privacy in a public space, but there's an expectation of not being harassed, of not having your personal space violated in public. There is absolutely that expectation. And they don't get that what they're doing is violating another person's privacy rights. And yes, you could be standing online in a public space and still have privacy rights. And this is some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about. And the first, the very first podcast might seem a little dry, a little legalese, but it really sets up for the other ones that I'm doing, which is more in line with what you guys care about. I have wanted to do a podcast on lying forever and ever and ever. And when I was watching these frauditor videos, the only thing I could keep thinking of is, oh my God, you're such a liar. Oh my God, you're such a liar. Oh my God, you're such a liar. And half the time they have furnished the evidence that they're lying. Like they're lying about what they showed you at the beginning of the video. And then they're showing you lying about what they showed you at the beginning of the video. And I'm thinking, are they delusional or are they just like the biggest liars on the face of the earth? Do they just believe their own bullshit? Do they think we're stupid? I mean, what is it? What is it with them? Like, how can you show us A and then 30 minutes later in your video tell us that A was really C? This doesn't make any sense. So like, which is it? So anyway... Over the years, I've wanted to do writing and then the past year or so since I've had the podcast, I've wanted to do a podcast on lying. But the biggest example that I had of a liar was my first husband and I didn't want to do the entire lying podcast on just him. So when the frauders came along, I was like, oh my goodness, they're such liars, they're such liars, they're such liars. And it gave me the idea to explain exactly what is pathological lying. What is lies of omission? What is little white lies? What is exaggeration? What is compulsive lying? What is habitual lying? When does it become a problem? When does it become something that somebody needs to worry about? Because everybody lies at some point and everybody lies to some degree. 
But most of us lead like a 99.9% honest life. And many times those of us who consider ourselves honest people, when we, when we find that we've told a lie, sometimes it's inadvertent or we do it, you know, to save our ass, something like that. But I honestly can't remember the last time I lied and it was about something like the reason I couldn't go somewhere or something like that and it's it's always something small it's nothing earth shattering but with my ex-husband I mean he just lied about everything he lied about everything and there's this there's this whole thing there's this whole sort of subset of examining lying and liars and pathological liars do they really believe their own bullshit Or is it, you know, all a game? And lying is also part of many disorders, including narcissistic personality disorder, which he had. So I'm going to use some of the frauditors and some of their lying bullshit tactics to explain to you the different levels of lying and when it's pathological and when it's not. And... I'm going to do a little bit about how to catch other people in lies or or what to look for with somebody somebody's lying. And I did a little bit of that in the in the workbook in the getting back out there communication styles. I did a little bit of that with body language and and stuff like that. But I don't want to do an entire podcast on reading liars, but I'll give you a little bit and I'll also talk about some of the common myths that people have told over the years about how you can tell somebody's lying. I did a little bit of that in the Chris Watts video because people always said that liars can't look you straight in the eye when they're lying. And over the years, that's become common knowledge. So what liars do a lot, and this is what Chris Watts did when he was on the police body cam, initially when he came home and he was called home by the police that his wife and daughters were missing, he locked his eyes on the police officer. So you couldn't tell. So he would probably think that they wouldn't think that he was lying because he was staring straight at them. But this is something that liars have learned how to do over the years because they heard this. Liars can't look at you straight in the eye when they're lying. So what they've done instead, because the body gives it away. I mean, the body gives away when you're lying which is why polygraphs can pick up on different aspects of the body when someone is being deceptive. So in order to keep your eyes straight ahead, you have to kind of lock them down. And it's very unnatural. And if you look at the Chris Watts video with the body cam and he's talking to the police officer, you can see his eyes are very unnatural. He just doesn't look normal. He doesn't look relaxed. He looks like a screaming banshee without any of the screaming. You know, he's just the eyes are so big. So I'll talk a little bit about that when I do the lying. And I don't, I haven't really looked at the frauditor videos to see if I could detect when they're lying. Cause most of the time those cowards are standing behind a camera. So I can't really tell what it is that they're, they're looking at or 
they're looking at when they're lying. So I'm, that's one that I'm doing. The other one is anger. One of the things that's very disturbing to me about these frauditors is many of them have domestic violence or assault charges in their in their past. When they go off, and I don't do any clips in the first podcast that I do about this. I do include clips in the second one, and I will in some of the other ones. But when they go off, this is an explosive rage that some of them have. And this is dangerous. I mean, they're going into public spaces on purpose to start trouble on purpose. And they have these explosive personalities and you can hear it and you can see it and you can tell that they're only there to start trouble. They're not there for any good purpose. They're there to start trouble. And the fact that they have these anger issues seriously bothers me because you can see them taking it out on some of the people that are just there, like just innocent victims, and they're going off on them. Anger is another thing that I want to talk about. Levels of anger, rage versus anger, justifiable anger versus irrational anger. All of those things. That's another podcast that I've wanted to do for a long time because there's different levels in the frauditor community. There's different levels of anger. And so I'm going to take them and I'm going to comment on the different levels of anger as we go along. So they are fertile ground for a lot of different things. And then the final one is going to be personality disorders that aren't narcissists and mostly not sociopaths. Because I think a few of them are sociopaths. And I'll tell you which ones I think might be sociopaths. But there's other mental disorders that people can have. And over the years, people have asked me about these other mental disorders and other personality disorders. And in one of the watchdog group videos are the people who keep track of what the frauditors are doing. They, so there was a comment on one of the watchdog group videos that said that this particular frauditor had schizoid personality disorder. And I thought immediately, no, no, that's not what's going on here. And People have asked me over the years to explain schizoid personality disorder and schizoid typal personality disorder, and I haven't done that. So I'm going to take this opportunity with the frauditors to talk about the other, some of the other personality disorders that typically don't show up here on the podcast, as well as some other mental disorders, because I think there's other stuff going on with these people. And if I don't cover it in the lying podcast, and I don't cover it anywhere else, I'll cover it on the other psychological disorder podcast, which I'm going to use the frauditors as examples for, for the great mental disorder slash personality disorders that we don't typically talk about on here. And a lot of these disorders are things that people have asked me about over the years. So I'm really excited to be doing that. But I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that if you're a regular listener of mine, you 
make it through the first few Frauditor podcasts because it's building to this other stuff and I'm going to refer back to it from do the lying videos and when I do the mental disorders, the other personality disorders and the anger, I'm going to refer back to the first couple. So bear with me. It gets more interesting than it is on that first podcast. So... That's that. And now I have to do some sort of numbering shuffle with these podcasts, but they're being edited. I'm going to try to get it done this week that the boot camp is on hiatus. I have a lot of feedback that I have to give them. I have to get their second half files up, but I'm hoping to get a lot of podcast editing done this week. And as soon as I get them edited, I'm going to put them up, even if I've had a podcast up uh, just a couple of days before, because I'm really anxious to get started on season three. Now, the other thing, in season three, people have sent me some of the lightning round questions, which I'm very excited about. And some of them are not lightning round questions because they're too long, or I'm going to do what I do with the celebrity cheating lightning round question. And I'm going to say a little bit and then say, I'm going to work on a longer podcast about that. But I was trying to figure out because even on the transitional podcast, and I tried to do like a sort of a quick lightning round. This is what it's going to be like session. And I didn't pull it off because some of those, some of those answers are just way too long. So I was watching a video from Tom, from Tom Harlock. Tom Harlock was a Viner. I was a big fan of Vine. I thought Vine was hysterical. I thought that there were just so many people on Vine that were just absolutely hysterical. Anybody who can make a six second video and make it hysterically funny where you cause somebody to laugh out loud. And I laugh laughed out loud all the time with certain Viners. And Tom Harlock was one of them. He was one of my favorite Viners. So I followed him to YouTube. When Vine shut down, I followed him to YouTube. And now he does longer, longer videos. He's He doesn't post very frequently, but he's still very, very good. And I enjoy his videos. And he did this one thing where he had asked his viewers to ask him questions. And he did a PowerPoint presentation where the slide would change after so many seconds. And and he had to stop talking at that point because he said he was long-winded. And I think I'm more long-winded, but he gave himself so many seconds to do his video answer, his video reply. But I'm going to give myself two minutes. I'm going to steal Tom's idea of doing the PowerPoint slide. And of course, it's not going to be a slide that you guys see. I'm just going to have it running so that every time it's two minutes, a sound will go off and I have to stop talking at that point and go on to the next one. I'm going to add that to the lightning round. So all lightning round answers will be two minutes and we'll see if I can do it. If I can't, I might have to go three minutes. I don't know. Ah! So, but there, you know, I want to get some of the shorter answers in. And then if it generates interest, people can let me know and I could do a longer podcast or not. You know, we'll see. But Tom Harlock, his last video, I believe, was about these vloggers who gave back their adopted child. And as an adoptee, I was outraged. And he does a beautiful hate on them video. And he says several times in the video, oh, I hate these people. And I hate these people too. 
if you had a biological child with special needs, now they, now mind you, they chose this child. They chose this child. They knew he had special needs. They knew what the special needs were and they chose him. And then they chose to send him back. If that was your biological child, if you had a biological child who was born with special needs, where do you send them? Where do you send them? Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So as somebody who was adopted and was being unadopted by my family all the time, not quite the way this poor little boy was, but symbolically unadopted. Every time they said I was just like my birth mother or I wasn't grateful, they took me in or whatever the hell it was they did. Every time they did that they gave me back. So I'm horrified of that video and I'm glad that somebody that I like was able to hate on them with humor. And anyway, so that's off the track, but the whole thing's off the track. One of the things that came up in our last bootcamp call, and here's the substance guys. One of the things that came up in our last bootcamp call was we were talking about narcissists. We were talking about narcissists being controllers. And okay, so we started having this conversation for the end of our last bootcamp call. So it really didn't get too in depth. But I thought that it was really interesting, an interesting topic. And I've heard over the years people who have been clearly to me a flame and codependent or a victim of a narcissist say to me, that sometimes they feared that they were the narcissist. And I would think, how, how do you think that? Like, they're so different. And I know it's because in my mind, I have them clearly delineated. But what they brought up was that there's a lot of controlling behavior in a narcissist and a lot of controlling behavior in a codependent. And the question was, can a narcissist be a codependent as well? And in my experience, it's usually the dyad, you know, the couple, or and it doesn't have to be a romantic couple. It can be family relationship, a co-worker relationship, a friend relationship. Usually the dyad is made up of the personality disordered and the codependent or the substance abuser and the codependent. And people who are substance abusers can also be codependent. But I find it to be very unusual for a narcissist to be a codependent. So even though I've heard this question over the years, I wasn't quite sure where it came from. And sometimes people will point to gaslighting. And many times when you're talking about gaslighting and you're talking about the manipulation of the codependent, it does sound similar. So a little while ago, I was able to sort of differentiate for somebody the difference between gaslighting and the manipulation of the codependent. And I'm going to go into that a little bit more on another podcast. But when I started to look at what people had brought up to me, I could see where the confusion came in because there's a lot of things that you could look at as a codependent and label it a certain thing. And it shows up in the column of the narcissist as well. It's about the controlling behavior. It's about the manipulative language. It's also about the giving, 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 giving. Now, when when a codependent does it, a codependent is giving because they don't feel good enough on their own to secure the affection of someone else. So it's all about give, 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 give. 
When a narcissist does it, it's love bombing and it's to reel somebody in and it stops. Codependents never really stop with the manipulative gift giving or doing for. They never stop because they're too insecure to stop. Where the narcissist stops, the love bombing definitely stops because like, ah, ha ha, now I got you. I don't need to do anything for you anymore. So what I explained to the group in the short time we had, and we'll probably revisit this again, was that codependents control from from a position of powerlessness and narcissists control from a position of power. So there might be some similarities between the way you would describe a narcissist and the way you would describe a codependent, but they are vastly different. And it's very, very rare. I can't even think about times that I've seen a true narcissist be a true codependent. When the subject has come up, I've had trouble going through my Wayback Machine in my memory and thinking about anybody who would fit that description. It's usually, to me anyway, it's fairly clear cut who's the narcissist and who's the codependent. But I'm beginning to understand why I get that question. So if people out there are wondering about that themselves, like, well, I thought I was the victim. I thought I was the person who was being manipulated, but I've done a lot of manipulation. I want to clear some of that up for you so that you understand the difference between the manipulation and the gaslighting of the narcissist versus the manipulation and the the words of a code Now, one thing that I'm going to do a future podcast on is female narcissists, because female narcissists tend to be in a category all by themselves. And in the current boot camp, we have three guys, three out of eight. And it's like they're they're three guys that are working really hard, doing the work, being really supportive of each other and the ladies and just doing a terrific job. And I'm really thankful that the program is really taking off where men and people who are in same-sex relationships, that sort of thing, people outside the traditional self-help population, the the population that typically reads self-help. I have a lot of fodder for female narcissists and a longtime client that I had, and he's in getting back out there, his story's in getting back out there. So to to kind of whet your appetite, and this is going back to some of the true crime stuff, Dahlia DiPolito is one of the most textbook narcissists that has ever walked the planet. One of the most textbook female narcissists that ever walked the planet. One of the things that was so striking to me was she, if you don't know her story, I'll briefly recap it. She was an escort and this guy, Mike DiPolito, had ordered her as an escort. And the night that they met, he fell in love with her. And I don't think she fell in love with him, but he fell in love with her. And she saw this as a score. And they got married shortly thereafter. He was married, left his wife, married her. And he had gotten into some trouble some years before. And he was on, he was, he was out on parole. He had been, he had done some time and he was out on parole. And he was really going the straight and narrow. He really had cleaned up his act and he really was doing well. And 
she saw this as an opportunity. It was so clear that she saw this as an opportunity and that she didn't love him at all. And first she tried to get him to plant. Uh, first, she tried to get him to be put back in prison by calling the police on him and almost getting him locked up a couple of times. He, she had a friend of hers pose as a financial advisor. And one of the things that they convinced him to do, Mike DiPolito to do, was to put his house in her name. And he did it, trusting her. And he had been on parole for a few years and nothing had ever happened to him. The cops had never been around him. You know, he had been just straight and narrow. Now, all of a sudden, the cops are around him all the time. He has no idea what's going on. And he's not suspecting her at all. So when she doesn't get to put him back to prison, she decides that she's going to hire a hitman and kill him. <laughs> I mean, of course, like that's, you know, like you do. She goes to an ex-lover of hers to find a hitman and he acts like he's finding a hitman, but he really had gone to the police and they set up this sting operation. And so she was busted trying to put a hit out on Mike DiPolito. So the police tell him and they lock her up. She calls him and it's, it's insane. I mean, who do you call if you've been locked up for trying to hire somebody to kill somebody? You don't call the person that you tried to have killed unless you're like this narcissist who honestly believes that she still has power over him because they were in the police station together and she found out that he was still alive, that the hit hadn't gone through. And then he came in the room for a minute and she's like, Mike, come here, Mike, come here. She believed in her powers to continue to coerce him, to continue to wrap him around her finger. All she needed was him to come there and her spend a few minutes with him and she would weasel her way out of this. It's just classic. It's classic female narcissism. And he was like, no, no. After she goes to jail, she calls him and he's like, I can't help you. I just can't help you. And she's like, you're not even trying. She says, I didn't say any of those things. I didn't do any of those things. And he's like, you're on tape. Of course you did. And this is what they do. They try to convince you. This is typical gaslighting. This is what narcissists do. Male and females both do this. Trying to convince you that your version of reality is completely wrong and theirs is completely right when the opposite is true. So they've got her on tape trying to put a hit out on him. And yet she is asking him to come visit her in jail. And the reason that she's coming asking him to come and visit her in jail is because I'm sure she's convinced that five minutes alone with her and he's going to crumble and he's going to get her the best lawyer that money can buy and he's going to refuse to testify against her. In my opinion, this is what's going through her head. And he says to her, I can't go there. He says, even if I wanted to, I can't. And it's true, he couldn't. He is the victim in this case. The victim can't go visit the perpetrator in jail. And he says to her, even if I wanted to, I can't help you. And she says, you're not even trying. And I was like, bingo, bingo, bingo. If there was narcissism bingo, that would be like G54. That would be like G54. 
on the bingo card, on the narcissist bingo card, we have you're not even trying. You're not even trying. She actually says this. She has the cojones to say to him, you're not even trying. Like I tried to have you killed. But now I'm in jail for that and I need a lawyer and I need help and you're not even trying. I was like listening to this jailhouse phone call going, is she insane? Is she insane? This is such a typical, such a typical female narcissist statement. You're not even trying. And men use it too, but... The femme fatale narcissist, which most of them are, most female narcissists are femme fatales. Like I said, with the Chris Watts, Chris Coleman mistresses, I believe they're both narcissists. And when I do the Coleman Watts podcast, I'll break that down for you. But Dahlia DiPolito, on that, on that phone call to Mike DiPolito, it's like, you, you just are stunned, stunned at the audacity, at the, at the audacity to ask this man that she wanted to have killed to bail her out and then to say to him, you're not even trying. I was like, oh my God, she's so classically narcissistic. And that phone call is just all about, all about her. It's not about him. It's about her. So that podcast is coming up in season three. So if you are a male or a female and you've been involved with a female narcissist, please send me your situations, your questions, your comments, whatever it is you want me to touch base on, and I will do so. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to season three. I'm not going to take a break between season two and season three. I'll wait for the Patreon deposit because I really love season three to start out with my own little space set up already and it's I'm not there yet so the other thing is that I am going to restart the thanking my meanies on each podcast that's going to restart in season three and I do have some mini podcasts recorded not edited yet I did record my most heinous passive aggressive move with my first husband so you guys will get to hear that and there's a couple of other things that I recorded for the meanies and so that is coming soon as soon as I, I have like like seven or eight podcasts to edit right now and editing just takes me so long so anyway there are podcasters that don't edit their podcast at all I can't imagine it I mean I don't like going back and listening to myself I really don't but I can't imagine just putting out a, a raw audio. That to me is just like, what? So anyway, I have many hours of editing and I'm going to try to get them done this week. And I want to thank everybody again for the support. If you want to support me on Patreon, the podcast cannot go on without the support of the meanies. Please go to patreon.com backslash mean lady talking and sign up and become a meanie. And good juju will be coming your way. And other things as well so i'll talk to you guys later take care everybody remember please 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 listen to the fraud of our podcast because there's other good stuff coming so take care all susan elliott host me later talk podcast over and out